Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. I'm Kieran O'Connor, as always, joined by John Baff and by Mike Carlson. Mike, for those watching on YouTube, you appear to be in a hotel of some description. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm enjoying a few days on the sunny south coast of uh, England in, in Canford Cliffs. And uh, yeah, it's pretty pleasant, even though the weather isn't quite as sunny as it was yesterday. A, a, a very good horse as well, Canford Cliffs. You may know that. I don't, I, I don't know if you've won many races. Uh, John, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's a bit rainy here in Rough Mines on a Wednesday morning, but uh, that's other than that, fancy. everything's fine. Not as fancy. Mike, uh, the Wembley game? Uh, it was an odd game, if I'm being honest. Uh, there was like, uh, it, it kind of started well, and then there was like this lull where nobody scored for quite a while. And it, then this really exciting fourth quarter. It was a funny game. Um, one of the interesting thing was things was that uh, the week before at Wembley, the Jags had been pretty much the home team. I mean, you know, in, not, not just nominally, but also in terms of the crowd reaction. And this week, the Bills were definitely the home team. Um, the the following for the Bills was probably two thirds of the of the stadium, and it was very loud when they had the book. But they it reminded me of when Baltimore played the Jags about I think it was about five years ago, um, and they were flat. The Bills came out completely flat, and really the eleven to seven score at the half should have been a lot more to Jacksonville. Um, mm. They they deserved to be up about twenty to seven, and they were moving the ball pretty well. They um, not being able to finish obviously and when the bills finally kind of woke up it all, it was almost too late um and you know and the loss of matt milano and daquan jones during the game was milano especially you could just see the jags picking on the linebackers throwing in front of them all the time and they had no answer outside to um to calvin ridley running uh, sidelines routes and Lawrence was able to complete some passes where he was literally being hit and falling back and just throwing this kind of fluttering ball that Ridley was so open he could catch um, <laughs> easily. Um, well, look, after all that, obviously a loss for the Bills. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers had a very impressive victory over the mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys. They're now four to one favorites for the Super Bowl. Uh, Kansas oh. City are <laughs> five to one. I've been bet the now uh, one and four Vikings. We might have a chat about them a little bit later. Philadelphia Eagles, 13 to two. The Bills, uh, the Dolphins, the Cowboys are tens and it's 14s bar. John Balf, one team that you will not see on that list is the Patriots. We spoke about them in <laughs> detail last week after their 38-3 uh, destruction by the Cowboys. And we went into Patriots Saints, which was effectively, if many of you will remember, a kind of a pick em game. Yeah. Um, it did not turn out that way in the end. Uh, Thirty-four nil to the uh, to the Saints, and that uh, is doing the game justice. The Patriots were bad on defense, absolutely shocking on offense, and and you wonder, you know, we said where do they go from here last week, but where do they really go from here now? Yeah, I mean, it's if if we weren't sending the, the alarm bells too too loudly last week, I mean, now is the time to you know pull everything, abandon ship almost. I I, I watched I, the day after on, on Monday, I went to the Boston Globe's website just to see what they were they were talking about the game, and it was quite quite a catching headline on on the front page of the website. It was the unfathomable has happened. The Patriots stink, and uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there's no really other way to put it than that. We could talk about what's what's going wrong what's what's wrong with the patriots at the moment but i mean the the quicker conversation would be to would to have would be to what's actually right with the patriots and what's right with the patriots this season has been 
uh, Matthew Judon, who's injured, Gonzalez, who's injured now as well. Those were the bright sparks, and that has been completely removed from the team. And what you're left with now is is a Patriots team that has a load of injuries, a terrible O-line, a bad quarterback, very, very under par skill position players, um, and dare I say it, bad coaching. So, you know, this is a team that's been, obviously it was the biggest di- like dynasty in the NFL for the last two decades. Slowly over time, coaches have gone. Brady obviously left, which was huge. All you're left with from that Patriots era now is Bill Belichick. And you're kind of seeing, in my opinion at least, the, the flaws of having oh, like the, the of just having like one man in control of an entire franchise. Like fantastic coach. No one's gonna talk about that, but he's see like you have to really talk about his his general managership of that team at the moment. They, they've, they've been poor in free agency, they've been poor in the draft. And it, it's showing on the field now. So they're one and four on the season. I don't think it's going to get any better from here. I think their ceiling is probably five, six wins, and that might be even being optimistic. So I think at this point, we're going to see Patriots for the first time in a long time with a very, very high draft pick. And we'll see if they can make the most of that and, and come back armed and ready to go next year. But for the time being, it's not a it's not a good time to be a Patriots fan. No, you're absolutely right, John. And I don't actually think that one draft, that one high draft pick is going to help them, you know, uh, or save them. I should should say they had a decent draft. Obviously, Christian Gonzalez, you know, two good defensive players, but the offense is a mess. Uh, Mac Jones is A.J. McCarron, you know, not not something better. And there was a moment against New Orleans, which was a game I thought they could could win. Um, even with with their losses and how badly they were playing, when it, it was fourth and three at the New Orleans forty, the second half, I think they were down twenty nothing maybe, and um, they punted. I said, yeah, you might as well you might as well like take an axe and cut the bottom out of your rowboat. You know, it's like what are you doing punting at this point? You know, at, at some point you've got to energize your team and 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 go for it. And I, I just you know, it, it, it's it's a horrible legacy. Yeah, I suppose like if you're a Patriots fan or or watch them, like you know, you got to take the roof with the smooth. Now, you know they had many many years of great success, um. So now you have to just sort of say, look, like the the NFL is designed to not have like a team dominate in the way maybe that your team did. And if you look before that at something like the Colts, who went through, you know, after after Peyton left, and then they had Andrew Luck, and then Andrew Luck obviously tried. And I mean, the Colts haven't got anywhere near a Super Bowl in you know, 10, 15 years, but were one of the biggest rivalries for the Patriots in the early part. So it could be a while back. But obviously, the big question about the Patriots will be who is in charge next year and beyond. We mentioned, obviously, Bill is chasing the regular season record. Will he now get that opportunity? Like, will the organization say, look, I know you're chasing this thing, but like, we have to think long term here. Yeah. And, you know, what? how old is Bob Kraft? One hundred and. Yeah, I mean, old, old, old millionaire billionaire owners tend not to have a lot of patience. (laughs) And, and, you know, I've got my five year plan. If Bill says that, well, by the time Bill's five year plan is over, he'll be 77 or whatever. Mm. Um, There's there's just it's it's got the 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 sense of the George Hallis is about it, you know, Um, at some point. And I think John was absolutely right. I think Bill, the general manager, is more at fault here than Bill, the coach. But Bill, the general manager, has also given Bill, the coach, the assistant coaches who, you know, Bill O'Brien has not turned out to be better than Matt Patricia as a, you know, as an offensive, as an offensive coach. And he's, uh, he's at fault. It, it, it all comes down to the head man. And, you know, it might be better for everybody if, if he just decided to, to go out gracefully. Maybe he'll take over another team and, you know, yeah. 
win, win a few games just to prove it, just to do what Tom Brady did in Tampa, say, but who knows? Yeah, we had an argument about that, actually, the other night when we were watching the game about, like, if he was to leave, would another team take him? Some were saying he's a bit too old, and then others were saying there's basically 80% of the teams in the NFL would probably take Bill Belichick as their head coach. But I will leave that up to you That's... guys. We We've got some other things we want to talk about, and one of them is kind of Broncos and Kansas City, and it is Thursday night football, so let's just have a quick chat about it. Um, I want to remind everyone as well about what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson and Sean Payne, because it was three <laughs> first round picks, three second round picks, a fifth round pick, five years, $245 million, $165 million that was guaranteed for Wilson, five years, $100 million for Payton, um, and they are one and four. Yeah, you've forgotten um, uh, Fant, the tight end, and uh, Shelby Shelby Jones, the defensive tackle. We're both in that trade. There was someone else, too. I think it was three players in, in that trade. Yeah. 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 Well, they head to KC. Uh, they're 4-1 to one to win it, 2-11 to 11, uh, about Kansas. The spread is 10.5, and, and it's 47.5 is the, uh, is the over-under. Um, that was, so it, that over-under is sinking like the Patriots. Oh, <laughs> It was guess, 49. It was 49 yesterday. You know, like Casey, again, like there was things in the Minnesota game that you could kind of go, you know, there was a call about, you know, pass interference, then got rolled back. And then the guy took his helmet off and the referee basically said, put your helmet back on instead of throwing a flag, which may yeah. not happen if you were a lower down team. Um, you yeah, know, it's the it right. Was, that's actually the right thing to do. It's to tell you him know, to put his helmet back on. It's to tell him to put his helmet back on. Rather but it doesn't happen all the time. No, it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> except, to, except to the current Super Bowl champions and favorites. Yeah. <laughs> or more favorites at the very least. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't really help. Um, the microphone the- didn't pick up when he said, put your helmet back on. Taylor Swift doesn't want to see you. <laughs> yeah, and I believe the NFL, like the NFL put a thing out on Sunday morning that you know Kansas City were 2-0 and with, as a Swifty, which also oh, didn't geez. help because people are sort of saying that uh, her and like being such a celebrity and they want to keep this whole thing going people are watching the kansas city games people who would never would have watched the kansas city games it fuels speculation of things you know which uh you know like anyway. you're too much of a purist for this Kieran. yeah i am a... john <laughs> how much will denver lose by on thursday night like well, the, the uh handicap is it still 10.5 i missed it is so, yeah, 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 yeah i think uh am i yeah. also thinking that the 10.5 handicap in no way reflects how much trouble denver the denver broncos are in uh this weekend <laughs> <laughs> i think that is i mean you, you know so that, we can talk about any game any game we're talking about this season a 10.5 uh handicap is a big one and it gives you a lot of room for thought except perhaps in this game denver have uh they might have the worst pass defense in the entire nfl as far as i can tell they're letting the, the opposition teams have a 77 percent completion rate and at a huge 8.5 yards per pass attempt and they haven't played patrick mahomes yet so that'll happen this weekend uh that is this game doesn't in my opinion require a great deal of analysis other than the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win by more than ten point five points, and I'd be <laughs> I'd be fairly confident in that one. There's nothing stacked up here, Kieran. You kind of at the top of your little uh, of the intro, you you I think you kind of nailed it there. There's this is Thanks, again, they're not this isn't they're not a not necessarily in the hole that the Patriots are in only because 
The Patriots one stands out a little bit more because it's coming at the end of a great deal of success. The Broncos haven't been good for for numerous seasons now, so it's not that much of a surprise. Perhaps it is a little bit of a surprise that, like you said here, and that Wilson, Russell Wilson has been underperforming, and Sean Payton has been. I mean, I think he's been terrible, really, uh, at least on the results side of things. And I don't think he's done himself any favors with some of the comments he's made to the press over the course of the last few months, particularly talking about how, you know, the guy he replaced, Nathaniel Hackett, was was terrible. And then all of a sudden last week, Hackett as a, as a coordinator goes in there and, and kicks his ass. So I think, uh, yeah, the, it, there's a bit of a bad atmosphere in Denver at the minute. And I think uh, on, on the road to the Chiefs, they're going to, yeah. It's going they, to be they made the Jets look good, Mike. I know that that's and that's quite an accomplishment. You know, the, the Jets are not as good as everybody thinks. And we keep talking about their great defense, but it's not actually that good. But Denver, as John said, we're, we're hopeless against it. I'll just put a couple of qualifiers in there. Um, when you look at Wilson's stats, they don't actually look that bad, you know, but when you watch him play, they're that bad. Um, and he's been sacked quite a bit, 15 times. And, but Denver are 0-4-1 this season against the spread which is a good one um, if you're back, if you're back in Kansas city, they've lost the last 15 times they played Kansas city. <laughs> um, but the last loss that, you know, was, was a game. But the interesting thing is Kansas city's leading receivers, Kelsey and Kelsey's averaging eight yards a catch, not 14 or so, which is what mm. he, he usually does. And that means that the weakest point of Denver's defense, the, the secondary, is not going to be challenged as much as you might think. This is going to be like, are they bad? Are they worse than the Chiefs receivers? Or are the Chiefs receivers going to get open and then drop passes, which is what they've been doing most of the most of the season? So that that makes me worry a little bit. And what I might do in this game is look for what the home team's over-under is. And if it's around 30, I might take the Chiefs to, to go over 28, maybe 30. You want me to find that out, I assume. Because me... the over-under on this, it's going down, as I said. And I think it's going down because people wonder whether Denver's, Denver's going to do much scoring. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in that, in that case, I might look at the Chiefs uh, going over in that. I agree with John. The, the Chiefs are going to win. Ten and a half is, is a sometime a daunting um a, a daunting spread, but you you might be safe enough taking mm. it. It's not priced up yet, but it, they do price that up just before. We're recording, obviously, on Wednesday morning mm-hmm. here, and that's probably one that's more of a day of type thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, do keep an eye on that. That's not a bad yeah, shit. I, I, I see it, at least four touchdowns. You know, this, this is, should be a four touchdown game from the from the Chiefs. The one thing, just to jump in at the end there, the one thing that could potentially change the mark on this is that uh, Kelsey is questionable. I, I I do think he'll play, to be fair, but um, he's questionable. So if he doesn't play, that might hurt the uh, the Chiefs' point-scoring ability somewhat. But still, they're going to win. Do they yeah. mean que- questionable because of injury or just like questionable because of lifestyle choices? <laughs> I think Mr. injury. I don't Mr. Think Mr. Pfizer do. is absolutely fine, just so you know. <laughs> Um, John, do you do you want to just um, chat in, in the six o'clock game before we do the uh, the, the Wembley game? Uh, the Forty ers at the Browns. I know you're you're a big um, big Cleveland Brown man, but they're coming into face basically. You know, the hottest the Browns, team. Yeah, the Browns yeah. had a good. The, the Browns are pretty hot. You know, they had a good week last week. They're all hot. They're all hot. It was their bye week. They didn't lose. Um, no, I mean, yeah, there's no... I think the 49ers are... I mean, yeah. Yeah, the 49ers are the... Are they the... I mean, it's them or the Eagles, I suppose, the two unbeaten teams. I think there's only two unbeaten teams left in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, 
I, they're a good shout for. I think you said here they're the favourites, right? To at the moment to to win the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I think, are, I think yes. that's entirely justified. Look, this is a this is going to be a, another. This is a 49ers win. I expect them to to move to six and zero. Oh. Um, the only thing that might keep this tight is the Browns' defense, which, despite everything and despite the aura over that franchise for the last few years and stuff, the, the Browns' defense is very, very good, like legitimately very, very good this year. So that might come into that. I think that's probably reflected in the over/under, which, as of Tuesday evening at least, was thirty-seven point five. Uh, I've got a sort of a knee-jerk thing this season of just going the under on every Browns game because of the fact that the defense is good and the offense isn't good. Um, there's in this game from the Cleveland point of view. There's questions about whether Deshaun Watson plays. He hasn't practiced in basically best part of two weeks. He's got a, this bit of niggling shoulder injury, which we're not really sure what's going on there. Nick Chubb obviously is out. Um, Jill Batonio, their best guard, one of the best guards in the NFL, looks like he's out as well. So this offense is not going to be fantastic, particularly if the rumors suggest that PJ Walker is going to be elevated from the practice squad to uh, start a quarterback <laughs> if, uh, if, if Deshaun Uh-oh. Watson doesn't play. So I think... Look, there's a few ways to look at this from a from a from the market point of view. 49ers to win certainly. I think the f- they've got a handicap. The spread of this one is five points, which I think uh, is very achievable from the 49ers point of view. I think if they're going to win, I think I don't think they'll win in a tight game. Uh, I wouldn't entirely count out the Browns if it's just a defensive kind of you know game in the trenches type of thing, and if they can get a touchdown early and force the 49ers to, you know, expand their offense and maybe get a couple of picks and keep it close that way. But I think the best way to look at this game is 49ers to win. But I will also, I'll hit the uh, the under 37.5 just because that's what I've been doing for the Browns all season. And I think it's worked every week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Niners defense is very, very good as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about two of the better defenses in the league. Um, so I, I think John's John's probably on the, on the money, so to speak, here. Um, what's San Francisco on the money line? Did you say, or did you two to five? Yeah, it's five point five spreads. I mean, you're right. Like San Francisco are basically a high-scoring defensive team. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an yeah. odd, it's an odd combo, but it could be one that brings the Super Bowl. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's rewind. Uh, this might be a good time to go over last week's best bets. Yes, it would. Oh, now, it's going to wait till till the end, but okay, let's let, let <laughs> crack it on there. Meanwhile, well, because because we're going to go on and talk about Baltimore being in London, and but last week. Baltimore How did you know I was going to talk about the Baltimore game? It's very, very clever of you. Um, Baltimore was John's pick, giving three and a half uh, points, and they managed to lose to lose by seven. Pittsburgh 17-10 in a game they should have won by about 15 points. Mm. Um, you know, it, uh, that's amazing. Uh, Mike Tomlin probably gets coach of the year based on the <laughs> one, one game. Uh, Kieran had Houston plus two and a half uh, against Atlanta, and they lost to Atlanta 21-19. So that one. Well, it oh, depends right. when you got it, Mike. It could have moved to three. I'm just saying. That's true. Yeah, but that's when you had it. So I'm saying that was a good, <laughs> that was a good one. And and I had the the 49ers giving uh, three and a half points, which um, turned out to be a fairly a fairly good bet since the 49ers could have uh, could have given them. Mm, 28 and a half points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. sneaked over the line there, Mike. You just got there. You just got there. Got over, yeah. So anyway, it stands now as um, JB is JB is still the has an insurmountable lead of one of game. three and two, isn't it? <laughs> At three and two, and, and the, other, <laughs> the other two schmoes are two and three. <laughs> I I think I'm genuinely unlucky there, but I'll we'll we'll go. Well, uh, you got you won. How can you be unlucky? You you won. No, I've been un- unlucky. In general, with them, I should say. Sorry, 
Um, let's talk um, about Wembley or about the Spurs Stadium. Mike, as I said, you were there again. So, so, so. Uh, a side note: Which do you prefer, the games at Wembley or the games at the Tottenham Stadium? Um, Tottenham Stadium is 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 great. I mean, it's it's hugely loud, but the sight lines are fantastic. It's you know, it's very modern. It's a terrible place to get to, and even worse to get from after the game. That's the biggest problem. Wembley's relatively easy. I mean, there's a huge crush after the game, but but it's it's quite straightforward. Um, but I think you, you, as a fan, you get a better experience at Spurs. As a player, you might not because the players were complaining that the, the surface was too hard under, underneath it. It's basically got the same surface as Dallas. But I'm, I'm wondering if whether the, um, the, the trolley that they put it on, you know, and they roll it out yeah, on yeah. might be a bit harder, um, you know, when they stick, when they stick it in than, than most places. Um, on, on the other hand, um, the NFL says, you know, grass and natural and un, unnatural grass are um, equally dangerous for non-contact injuries, although they don't bother to count contact injuries that result in, in like the Justin Jefferson, you know, did his on grass. Um, so that that's, you know, that's one side of it. But, um, mm. you know, I thought Milano's injury was really horrible. And obviously, yeah, it looks tough one. Yeah, obviously affected the Bills quite a bit. Well, look, the Baltimore Ravens are there on Sunday, as you mentioned, at 2.31, uh, taking on the Tennessee Titans. It's 1-2, the Ravens, the Titans, 8-5. to five. The Titans are this type of team now that I usually stay away from like these days because you just don't... Jekyll and Hyde kind of springs to mind. The Ravens are 1-2, to two, you could argue about that as well. Tennessee Titans, 8-5, to five, four points spread. 41 is the over-under. Um, John, I, I, I don't know if you saw... Um, was it... Lem- uh, was it or Robert Griffin? I think was on NFL Network, and he said that Lamar is out running for his life these days. He's always been doing that, though. Really, well, yeah, but he, he, <laughs> I think he's 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 much he's much he's added a lot more now. You know, yeah, yeah. We, that game was on. Um, I, I watched quite a bit of that in the bar that I was in. That game was actually the main game. It was on the big screen. Huge Pittsburgh Steeler following in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, like every time you looked up, you were like, oh, the Ravens are on the march here. The Ravens are on the march. And then you'd come back, you'd look again, you'd be like, how did they not score? Or what happened there? How did they only get a field goal? You know, it's like, as Mike said, they really should have been out of sight. Yeah, they know they definitely should have. Uh, that's the, I suppose that's the kind of nature of having a player like Lamar Jackson in, in that type of position and that type of offense too. It's because he's always capable of extending a play. And then sometimes there's a bit of a tendency to to, to lean on that capability of his a little bit too much or if the offensive line falls apart or if your receivers can't get free you kind of there's nothing else that Lamar Jackson can really do other than kind of run for his life like you say Kieran but you know I think I wouldn't be too concerned about you know about that development if I was a Ravens fan which I'm definitely not <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think um, yeah like there's no better I mean he still is arguably the best mobile quarterback in the league there's a few pretenders to the throne that especially it's kind of in vogue to draft those guys in the last I suppose three or four years um, but yeah no I wouldn't have too many concerns about that and I think you know it's even reflected in the in the game this weekend I think the Titans are the uh, technically the away team aren't they and uh, the Ravens are the Ravens are going into this one as four-point favorites, at least. Uh, I think as well. Um, the ball. The I, think the ti- I think the Titans are the home team, uh, actually. Is that what? Oh, that's what I'm actually. Did I say away team? I'm, actually, I'm looking yeah. at it right here. I meant to say home team. 
Um, their their, their home. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We'll see if that has any benefit whatsoever. It almost certainly doesn't. I don't think it really matters what dressing we were in before the game. Anyway, that's besides the point. Baltimore are the best team in in the AFC North, which has been kind of stuttering a little bit. I think, you know, we've talked at length about the Bengals, about the Steelers a little bit, I met the Browns, but the Ravens just seem to be the, the, the most coherent team, even despite the fact that they lost last week. So um, I think, you know, they're, despite that, uh, that loss, their defense still is pretty stout. Run game might have a little, like the only thing that gives me a bit of caution in this game is the run game like and the Lamar Jackson-led run game might have a bit of trouble against what is kind of a stout Tyson Titans rushing defense. But this game comes obviously with the, the, the caveat of being overseas, but I expect a Ravens win in a low-scoring game in this one. Yeah. Mike, sounds, what do you see going? That sounds about right. Um, I mean, last week, they did. The, the Ravens are trying to get, they were trying to get away from a run first Lamar Jackson offense and become a more rounded, balanced offense, partly to protect Jackson from further injury. But Greg Roman left. They brought in Todd Munkin as the defensive coordinator, as offensive coordinator. But in this game, I mean, he had Zay Flowers wide open and Zay Flowers fell over. You know, <laughs> he, had, he had Odell Beckham in the end zone and Beckham let let the ball be literally let the ball be intercepted. It was a ball he should have, he should have caught. Um, there, there were some weird things in this game. The, the Steelers got a penalty on a kneel down for an illegal formation, which is another one of those refereeing things I'd never really seen, seen before. But I, I, I counted five drops. I might've missed one because I was going in and out of the game. Uh, the big play was a blocked punt. And I don't even think the Steelers were offside, which they tend to be when they block punts. Um, and if they get caught the first time, they'll come back and do it again the second time, thinking the referee won't flag them again. Mm-hmm. And he often does. So, you know, it, it was it really was an underachieving Baltimore team. And I wonder what happens, because you never know. Like I said, when they played the Jags five years ago or whenever it was, they came off the plane and, and were completely flat for a half and lost that game. Tennessee's been here as well, and um, with Vrabel as the coach, so they'll they'll probably be a little better prepared. But I would I would I would stick to the under on this one. Yeah, um, and I think the under the under has been hitting the the under hit uh, in the Wembley game, and it hit quite a bit over the weekend as well. Eight eight uh, times, in and then in, yeah, in the late. Do you know what? It was funny in the late games was if you looked at it and you would have went KC Minnesota. I'll probably go over Denver Jets. Oh, that could be under. And then you looked at like uh, how the Rams and Eagles even started. You'd be like, that'll go over. But like KC was under the Rams game was under. And the two other ones, like the Cardinals game again, which would have been like, oh, that could go under. That went over too. So it's flip flop, yeah. completely flip flop. They're playing with us, guys. They're playing with our minds. <laughs> <laughs> they have the Saints scoring 34 points in an under as well, which is, uh, yeah. which is a big one too. Indeed. Um, Mike, you actually called it right last week about who would be on the late game. Um, yeah. yeah. So, who's going to be on the late game this week, Michael? I'm not week, just Michael? a pretty face here, you know. Well, the, uh, you've got Patriots well, at Raiders. Not going to be um, that one. Well, the Josh, the Josh McDaniels Bowl. Um, what do you think it will be? Oh, I should point out the, the, Raiders, um, the Raiders playing the Packers. Um, this week or last week, uh, you know, on Monday Night Football, was 
uh, the greatest moment in NFL history. Oh, when it's the two Carlsons. Oh, my God. The Carl- <laughs> when, the, when the two Carlsons, um, you know, marched across the field together, arm in arm, you know, the, the brother kickers. Um, that's why I got thrown out of the Carlson family, because I didn't realize that if you didn't kick, you had to hit people. <laughs> you could do <laughs> both. Then, you can do both. You can do both. Exactly. My choice, my choice for the late game um, would probably, would probably be Detroit Tampa. Um, Cause I think Detroit ought to be getting some airtime right now. They're a really interesting team and, and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's what um, I think too, by the did way. Did you yeah. see the, did you see the, the, the thing they did where they, they did a direct snap and without anyone uh, going into a huddle or <laughs> a, any motion and movement yeah. uh, straight to the running back. And he, I've never seen that before. That's very yeah. clever. Yeah. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're the live. They've got a great offensive coordinator, I think, in Brian Ben Johnson, and um, uh, and Campbell uh, is obviously, you know, letting it, letting him do some stuff while at the same time playing Dan Campbell ball, you know, which is built on having a really strong, tough offensive line, and and their defense is much, much better than it was last year, and better, I think, than any of us thought it would be at the start of the season. So, you know, I think they're the real deal. They're four and one. Um, Tampa is coming off a bye, which is a you know will help them a bit. Um, and uh, but they're home dogs by three, and I think I'd take Detroit, given the three points in in this one. Okay, um, I should okay. actually just uh, run through the prices. I did do that. Mike just kind of took over there as he. He tends to do, listeners, as you know. <laughs> uh, six to ten, the Lions, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are um, 11 to eight. It's a three-point spread. It's 43.5 is the over-under. Uh, we've heard from Mike. John, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I'd agree with Mike wholeheartedly on this. I think we can, you know, we're five games. We're about to have our sixth game of the season, and I think we can we can actually say it. The Detroit Lions are very, very good. Uh, they've a lot of good players across, on both sides of the ball. Like, you know, and everyone's playing well too, which is the like Jared Goff is playing really well. David Montgomery is up there with the best running backs in the league, at least production wise at the at the moment. And the other side of the ball, uh, uh, well, obviously Amon Ra, uh, the what's the Amon Ra say, or what's the guy's name? Amon Ra, whatever. Yeah, Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh, Brown. Brown. That's right. I'm getting confused with Equiminius, his bro. But um, <laughs> the uh, his name is St. Brown too. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, no, they're playing well. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, playing very, very well too. Other side of the ball, Aiden Hutchinson is really having a breakout season. And just the side note on that is uh, what, what I was thinking last night when I was preparing my notes is I wonder how Jacksonville feel about drafting Trayvon Walker first in the draft last year and Aiden Hutchinson went at number two. Anyway, that's besides the point. This game, yeah, I think the Lions... What you think about it at night, John, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Lying in your bed. I was working late last night. So yeah, that's I was thinking about it at night. Um, the uh, yeah, Detroit Lions with the minus three on this one, I think, is the absolute way to go. The we're talking, everyone's kind of talking about this, and justifiably so, about the about the Lions being very, very good. The Bucks aren't terrible, obviously, but this is a Bucks team with no run game that kind of lives and dies on the Baker Mayfield led offense. And I like Baker, but he's inconsistent, and he's not going to be able to control the team for an entire season, particularly if they don't have you know if they're not an outstanding unit. So I think. Uh, I think the Lions minus three here is outstanding value. Mm. Sometimes when you uh, talk about Baker Mayfield, it's like the way you talk about an ex-girlfriend, John. Yeah, he was he, he, yeah. my first love as a quarterback. First love, you know. <laughs> um, okay. So, so have you taken down the um, have you taken the uh, Baker poster down and put up one of Aiden Hutchinson instead? <laughs> 
<laughs> you should do at this stage. Um, let's let's do let's do the big finish, guys. Um, let's start with uh, the Giants at the Bills. Eleven to two about the New York Giants. The Buffalo Bills are one to nine. Fourteen points is the spread. 44.5 40, is the over under. Yeah, yeah I, I guess um, Michael, start with you. I, I guess there's a feeling that the Bills will just bounce back, really. Yeah, uh, although I wonder, you know, how far how far bouncing back is going to be. The problem is the Giants are awful. Um, they are yeah, bad. We, we make a big deal about the Patriots for good reason, but Denver's awful. The Giants are awful. You know, there's there's a couple of other teams that are, are that Carolina are, awful. Do you think Carolina? Carolina are, awful? are very awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are I mean, awful. But, I've I've, you know, I have but, a Carolina but, player on my fantasy team, and it's well for one yeah, week. We give Carolina the benefit, the break, because it's kind of a first-year coach and a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback, you know. But they are, they are. Ter- but the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones um, hurt his neck. I don't think he's play. I don't think he's playing. Tyrod Taylor is going to start. So that by itself, I think, covers the fourteen points because mm-hmm. Buffalo's defense, you know, limping as it is, is going to be good enough to stop a team without Saquon Barkley and without uh, Daniel Jones. And defensively, you know, this and their offensive line which is the kind of the common denominator for most of these really awful teams is it starts with the O-line. Um, but, you know, the defense was supposed to be great for the Giants. And, yes, they have a tough time when their offense can't score any points at all. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, so, I mean, obviously Buffalo, um, 14 is, is a really tough cover. But I, if you forced me, I would, not, I would take, the, I would, uh, take the, the 14 rather than um, – then uh, give it to the Giants and uh, the 44 five over uh, is another one where I'm not sure the Giants are going to help them very much. So it could well be an under in the end. Mm, yeah, it's an interesting one. That's going to be a tough one, John, to really call mm. it. 14's a lot, if you ask me. I mean, yeah. I can see it, but still, it's a lot. I think when I was kind of thinking about this game, I think I would probably take Buffalo with the points in this one just because. The over, uh, Mike has just got me thinking there. The over under, the under forty four or five is a good one as well, just because it could be like a pay, Patriot Saints kind of game, and that one team just participates and one team doesn't, in a sense. So actually, I was going to say Buffalo and handicap. I'm actually going to switch to the to the under forty four or five on this one. I won't go into too much detail. I agree with everything that Mike said. Giants are just an incoherent team. Bills will be, I think, better than they were last week. I think, you know, a team like Buffalo coming off a loss is a different animal somewhat. So, yeah, I think they're going to handle handle New York pretty easily this week and be under. It, they, we're looking at sort of a, I don't know, it would be like a 32-7 kind of game or something like that, maybe. The the last game that we'll, we'll look at in depth is obviously everyone's favourite two teams, the Dallas Cowboys uh, at the LA Chargers. I saw someone mention that, that the, the last three teams that the NFL moved have basically just so that the fans of other teams could go and get some sun somewhere, the LA teams and, <laughs> and the Vegas tickets. teams. Because they, 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 they don't have any home fans. I mean, the, the, you can see with Charger games, uh, Charger games, uh, Raider games, uh, and Rams game, really, let's be honest. They don't have that many fans, but the stadium is full of the opposition fans just having a lovely weekend <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> if you live in Minnesota or in uh, Green Bay, like why wouldn't you want to go down to LA for a weekend and you know exactly. get 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 some vitamin C on that that uh, forehead? Um, anyway, I went off topic there. Vitamin C, <laughs> vitamin D, vitamin C would be like pouring orange juice on yourself. 
Yeah, that's what they do with the games, John. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see more Raiders jerseys than Chargers yeah, jerseys exactly. at their games. You know? Um, everyone's favorite Dallas Cowboys are three to four. The Chargers are 11 to 10. Two and a half is spread. 50.5 is uh, the over under. Mike Chargers will be coming off a bye. Herbert, uh, is he he had a, an injury, I assume. He said it was his but a scratch, which makes me like him even more because he's quoting Monty Python. Much to the um, <laughs> definite confusion of some of the American journalists that were there. Uh, so <laughs> You would assume he's back. Austin Eckler, uh, well, I'm not entirely sure, but on the way back, certainly will be. Um, yeah, I, I, think they, I, think it, I think he's pointed towards being back, from what I read. Um, and, and Cowboys are, are, are fresh off a, a bit of a paddling, really. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's funny, uh, the Cowboys always, as far as I can tell, are always kind of like, you know, Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. They're always one loss away from being in a crisis situation because suddenly Dax, Dak Prescott has been described as basically shit on the NFL network and stuff. And you're like, well, aren't they, weren't you just singing his praises a few weeks ago? Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in quickly on that one, if you don't mind, but I sure. think the, uh, the, like he's, I, I, it's very interesting the way you tee that up here and the Cowboys started great, but how much of that was schedule in a way, if you look at their, some of their, their wins this season, they played two of the worst teams in the league and the Patriots and the Giants. And then as soon as they ran up and they, and by the way, they, you know, what did they beat the Giants by like something to nil anyway, 40 nil or something. It was something big. Mm-hmm, yeah. They hammered that, that they were, you know, significantly good against the Patriots as well. And then the second they come up against a good team in the 49ers, they get smoked themselves. So I think that led to more questions than answers about Dallas um, so I think uh, Dallas are, are the favorites in this one, I think, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. About. yeah the uh, so I, I think this the Chargers coming off a bye week, assuming assuming uh, Herbert's good, assuming Eckler's good. I think the Chargers with the points on this one is one. Um, dare I say one of my favorite bets of the week. <laughs> we, might get, <laughs> we might get into that again in a few minutes' yeah. time. Love it. <laughs> but, but I think yeah, yeah I, I think the, okay. Just to put a cap on my point, I suppose. This Cowboys team, their their loss to the 49ers really opened up, really opened some questions to me. So I, I really want to see a couple more weeks in this team. We they were a team, if you remember in our preview show in the first couple weeks of the season, we were really high on this team as being one of the best in the in the NFC. I'm not so sure now, particularly compared to the Eagles and the 49ers, of course. But uh, yeah, I think this is a Chargers team that can go there and and close the or no, they can have the upset at home. Remember, this is the Kellen Moore Bowl. Because it Kellen is. Moore is the Chargers offensive coordinator, and he was doing that job in Dallas last year. Now Mike McCarthy um, is doing is calling his own plays. But um, I, I always worry about the Chargers. <laughs> the, char- the Chargers are the worst tease. The <laughs> they are. We we with. named a show about them. They are, yeah. and uh, they they are. Just, they are everyone's lazy dark horses. Yeah, and this is go. This goes back decades. <laughs> you know, somebody asked me when I was rating quarterbacks earlier this week. You know, why is Herbert always in the top four when he doesn't actually win anything? I said, well, go back and look at Dan Fouts. You know, go back, go back and look at Philip Rivers. They're Chargers. That's part of part of the problem. But I the the thing to watch for me in this game is San Francisco had no problems at all with Micah Parsons, who's arguably the best single defensive player in the league. And they did that because they run lots of misdirection and they can catch Parsons going one way and the play goes the other way. And they were always aware of that. I never get the sense that the Chargers play football looking at what the game is actually doing. You know, I think 
Kellen Moore calls plays he thinks are going to work without thinking about what the defense might do. Um, Staley calls defenses that he thinks are going to work without thinking about what the offense might do. And nobody seems to be able to manage the clock when it comes down you know, to late in the game situations and stuff. So I, I kind I agree with John that if you're going to bet this one, the charges with the points seems like the, the, the better, the best bet. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm terribly tempted to stay away from it. Um, you can uh, do that, Mike. No bet yeah. is absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> and it gives me a chance to remind people about our offer on Sundays. Don't forget, if you bet five euro or pounds on a bet builder in the NFL, you get a five quid free bet. Uh, so do check that out on Sunday. Terms and conditions apply. Some of them are in the description of this pod, but it's basically bet five, get five. Um, let's go to the best bets, guys. Let's uh, let's finish up on on that. Mike, Mike is uh, you know I, I think he wants to get his breakfast. I, I can see him. I can see him. He's looking. <laughs> he's looking a little bit of a hungry. So John, as as our current leader, which is absolutely shocking, um, can <laughs> you um, can you give us your best bet, please? Yeah, it's between two. Um, well, well, it can only be one, John. Yeah, I know. I think it'll be. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the the aforementioned uh, Chargers. The Chargers plus 2.5, I think, mm. in this game at home to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just going to double down on what I was saying about the Cowboys and perhaps not being as good as we thought they might be. And I think the Chargers of a bye week can can pull this off and, and win, you know, by a touchdown. Mike? Well, I'm, I'm torn between doubling down on San Francisco this week, um, giving five to Cleveland, or... And also Atlanta over giving two and a half to Washington and Atlanta, Washington going under 42. So that, that puts my little mind in a, in a huge tiz here. Um, <laughs> and You're going to pick I'll, the one that doesn't hit, by the way, just so you know. I know, I know, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's the way, that's the way this always works. Um <laughs> And you know, and and the actually the dangerous one that I, I was, I'm really considering is is Minnesota giving Chicago points at home, but uh, um, I'm staying away from the from the Vikings. So so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Atlanta um, to beat Washington at home and give him the two and a half. Okay, I am going to take the Vikings. Oh, that was my best bet. I Mike <laughs> described it as a dangerous one. I think it's. I think 44.5 is the over-under. I, I think it's got a real chance of going under. Very tempted, but but it's in that game. I think the Vikings have just been... Yeah, I know Justin Jefferson, I believe, is now out for a while, and I think the days of Kirk Cousins being there are numbered. There's a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, I just, the Bears are just, you know, the Bears, basically. The Bears. The Bears. You know, I know they did all right at Thursday Night Football, but no, it's two weeks in a row they've had a pretty hot, hot, hot offense. So it's a... yeah, well, you know that's a funny thing though, because if you watch that, if you watched the highlights, you would have thought Justin Fields is as good a quarterback as anyone in the league, and the Bears' offense was clicking. But if you actually watch the game, they left a lot of points on there. They he made a lot of mistakes. He threw. Yeah, some his bad completion ball. percentage was only about fifty percent, just over fifty yeah. percent, I think. But he still got the was it four touchdowns? Yeah, so. yeah, got the job yeah. done. Well, let's see. I think the Vikings will get the job done, uh, gentlemen. 
That was fantastic. A reminder before we go, just uh, to uh, gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. And of course, there are loads of safer gambling tools on the website, uh, like deposit limits and loss limits, etc. So do take a look at that. Mike, did you did you want to say something really quickly there before I, I do a wonderful sign? No, that's OK. I was just going to point out that all of our games are two and a half point games. Yeah, we like to give the people. We like to stay like. Yeah, I looked at Miami. I gotta say because I think Dolphins are red hot, and but the fourteen point spread in that game is just like, oof. don't know, you know. Yeah, it's just two touchdowns. It's a lot. Um, my thanks to Mike Carson who's joined us from Canford Cliffs with his little 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 different type of microphone, but uh, I think he <laughs> sounded well, okay it, most of the way. Let it be that. said, we went through a computer. Uh, we did. We a, did have some issues. Beforehand. A real microphone, a camera, and then finally down to the phone before we got this all. And he work. hasn't even had breakfast yet, people. So come on. We'll be doing it by postcard next week. I'm gonna carrier pigeon. I'm gonna mail. I'm gonna mail them in, as they say. Yeah. And John, speaking of mailing it in, John Baff, uh, thank you <laughs> for joining us. Um, My pleasure uh, as always. And thank you for listening. And thank you for listening or watching. We'll be back next week in another episode of NFL Only Better. If you go into the game on Sunday, do enjoy it. And we will talk to you next week. Bye for now.